0: M S W Media. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed professional counselor specializing in the issues that you need to talk about. Join BetterHelp and you can schedule secure video and phone sessions or text your therapist from anywhere in the world on your schedule. Listeners of the Daily Beans get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com/DailyBeans. <laughs>
1: Swearing, tear the beans, tear beans, tear beans, Daily beans.
2: Daily beans, daily beans.
0: Hello, and welcome to The Daily Beans for Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. Today, new information on the Zelensky call, SCOTUS starts a new session, the White House blocks the Sundland testimony, arguments in the Mueller grand jury materials case, and new polling on impeachment. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello.
2: How are you? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Did a, I did a show yesterday at the Improv up in Hollywood in their side room. That was called Up Close and Political, and that was really fun. There's a comic named Toby, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I am so sorry. But he he gets two stand-up comics that come on. One of them is liberal, one of them is conservative, and then they get two experts. So there was a professor from USC there, and then a professor from Loyola, Marymount. and And one was like a expert on all things russia so it was really really cool to get to sit there so you do stand up and then you do a panel discussion
1: oh that's fun nice. mm-hmm. that's some good nerdy political comedy yeah yeah that sounds good what's yeah, it called yeah.
2: again uh up close and political
1: cool mm-hmm. good name you mm-hmm. should come to san diego
2: yeah that would be cool yeah they do it monthly there if anyone's in L.A. and wants to go improv mm-hmm. the lab
0: mm-hmm. cool rad improv's on melrose right mm-hmm. yeah it's like a ghost town at night it's so weird it it's really strange. It's very creepy because it used to be that that was the club. Yeah, and then it was comedy store, and then it was improv again, and then once Rose battle happened, it went back to comedy store, oh, and that's yeah. where it's kind of stayed. Mm-hmm. The hang since then mm-hmm. for the hangs. Um, plus, it's right on Sunset. Yeah, um, exactly. The store, so it's and there's a patio. It's just a lot of mm-hmm. interaction and hanging out and stuff like that. So
2: yeah, Melrose is really creepy at night too because it's like all the shops, you know. <laughs> so there's just no one outside except all of these mannequins in the window. And it's horrifying walking down the street. Sounds like, like some weird apocalyptic thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what it feels like. Fred Seagal. <laughs> I stayed at home with my dog and my wife and caught up on John Oliver.
2: Aw. Yeah. Um. Nice.
1: Did you guys see this week's episode? Uh, he talked about China's one-child policy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had heard a few things about this before, but if you didn't see this week's John Oliver, it's super interesting. And the kind of like ramifications and effects of the one child policy are super fascinating and horrifying, but Mm -hmm. very fascinating.
0: Yeah. There's like 34 million more men than women. Yeah. And so there's like a huge sex doll industry. Mm hmm. And like so that the, a lot of human
1: trafficking to bring wives for yep. Chinese oh, men gosh. for wealthy Chinese men from other countries
0: yep for um, Myanmar I think 21 mm-hmm. percent of yeah. women from Myanmar are trafficked into oh, Jesus. it's really like yeah that they didn't even think of the ramifications nor did he went on to say that he, they thought of the ramifications of what happened when they ended the one child policy and introduced their new Two-child policy, mm-hmm. um, and it's still probably going to have the same kind of uh, unintended consequences, or maybe they were intended. I don't know, but to mm-hmm. to have thirty-four million, you know, d- dudes that have zero women, um, that you know, and assuming they're all binary, you know, assumptions yeah, aside, it's, but yeah, it's, that they, you know, it's just going to leave a lot of people where they can't have a relationship.
1: Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. wild. I mean, the, so purely the sociological effects of this, like they were doing a population control, which it's a whole thing that I don't want to get into right now. But China also favors young men as opposed to young women, because they yep. believe that uh, men will provide for families as they get older and they're women won't. To. They're supposed to. Or, or they're supposed to. Culturally, yeah. they're supposed to. So, yeah, it's <clears> resulted in women or girls, baby girls not being wanted or, mm-hmm. you know. Um. Whatever. So, anyway, yeah. Tangent I re- about that, but mm-hmm. it was just that was kind of blew my mind last night. I remember learning about that because my memory is correct. I think my eighth grade
2: geography teacher, who was gay, adopted, um, a little girl from mm-hmm. from China. So he learned about that policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Very fascinating stuff.
2: Really, yeah. Check
0: out John Oliver this week if you haven't. Um we do have um gosh, there's no news today at all. <laughs> um, you know, just like it's been a ghost town for news for the last two weeks. Um No, I'm kidding, there's tons, so we better get to it. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. So we're learning today that after the call with Zelensky, the, the one on July 25th with Trump and Zelensky, there was apparently a mad scramble inside the White House. As soon as the phone was hung up, at least one National Security Council official alerted the national security lawyers about concerns regarding what Trump had said. To the Ukrainian president. And that's according to multiple sources. Um, and, and these are the exact same lawyers that later ordered the transcript be moved to the NICE system. That's a code word classified system. And that 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 was also in the whistleblowers, the you know, the original, the OG whistleblowers complaint. Uh, also officials and Trump admitted to this. Uh, And officials who were on the call wondered what other senior officials should be notified about what had been said on the call, especially the uh, Department of Justice, since Bill Barr's name was invoked during the conversation so many times. And all of this, again, just corroborates the, the OG whistleblower complaint. So they all thought they could contain this until about a week before the whistleblower complaint was officially filed, and the lawyers reassessed the situation and decided to push the transcripts out uh, through the White House. And once that was out, then they decided to release the actual complaint to, I guess, try to get ahead of the story. So that's just a an interesting look into sort of what was going on at the White House as soon as that call was done. I just see like that whole scene from the office where everyone's running around going, what's yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> 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 Everybody freaking out, hair on fire. Who do we tell? What do we do? Oh, they
2: my God. <laughs> it's going to be a fantastic scene in the movie for sure. I imagine them uh, him finishing up the phone call and just be like, OK, thank you. Talk to you later. And then he like hangs up and then everyone's just like, fuck!
0: You <laughs> <young? laughs> Yakity sack start... starts and everyone starts running around yeah. like Benny Hill. I just can't even imagine, uh, especially some of these really high level national security folks or people, because uh, apparently, you know, they detail people from the intelligence community to the National Security Council on a regular basis. So there they had to be some career officials in there who were just like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, flabbergasted. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if any of these lawyers are the ones that have been reaching out to the press or, or if it's coming from within the intelligence community, like all of these leaks that we're getting, you know, like when we found out that there's definitely a Putin call in there and there's definitely a Mohammed Bonesaw call in there. And then, you know, uh, we, we got that leak about um, the Oval Office meeting with Kislyak and Lavrov where, you know, where he said not only did he leak uh, Israeli intelligence about ISIS in Syria, which is. Interesting now, ISIS in Syria, mm. uh, considering what's mm-hmm. going on in Syria and and the and the withdrawal from troops there uh, or troops from there. Uh, but that we also learned that he had said that he, you know, oh, I'm not worried about you guys interfering in our elections. America does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Being That's paraphrasing. I don't know what the exact words are. We're still waiting for did them to Did you just shift it,
2: Allison? I did. I oh, shifted it. Oh, sorry, AG. God
0: damn it. Oh. <laughs> it's all right. You know what? At this point, whatever the fuck. <laughs>
2: okay. um, don't tell guys. Yeah, and did, uh, did you see, sorry, just to clear up that reference. Did you see how Schiff was getting a bunch of shit from the GOP because he like... He, cont- or he he gave a general overview, like, so let me get this straight. Basically, this is what Trump said. And he got a bunch of crap from Trump for, like, putting words into his mouth or whatever. And he was like, dude, obviously I wasn't directly quoting you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and, and that has been happening a lot because these folks who are coming forward aren't giving you word for word stuff that's in the nice system and that could be by design because it may be illegal for them to leak it or they could be blocked by the White House or somehow sued by the White House or somehow in trouble for putting word for word shit that's in that system out Mm -hmm. into the world. Um, They could be charged with espionage. I mean, they did it to Assange, so who knows. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I mean, eventually they'd end up being cleared of it because none of this is classified information or national security level information. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, you know, that it also could just be, I haven't been in that system in a while. If I go into it and look at it now, my fingerprints will be all over it, and I'm just telling you what I remember.
2: Yeah, well, in this scenario, he was definitely bedazzling it up to sort of make his point. So oh. there was, like, sarcasm in it and stuff, and, oh, and, gotcha. and it, it was just 100% more like a commentary. So sort of like when you ask China for help investigating Joe Biden then then say you were just joking.
1: Uh, Yeah, just like it.
2: Come on, he knows (laughs) jokes. He's the biggest jokester around. (laughs) It's
1: (laughs) crazy to see Republicans going, he didn't mean that. He was just kidding Uh about about the China comment. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, Yeah, and all
0: this all this stuff about you know the the hearings and things it gets to the heart of why we have impeachment inquiries if we can't have public testimony and the White House is obstructing justice like where do we go from there mm-hmm. so I think we're about to find out uh, because beans come true we're now learning that Sondland um, Sondland is the guy uh, who he's the jerk right mm-hmm. and in the text yeah in the text that he called Trump before he sent that no quid pro quo text so that five hour gap when Bill Taylor, and where is Bill Taylor? Why haven't we subpoenaed that guy? Hopefully they're working out something behind the scenes and it's not just being ignored. But um, Bill Taylor was texting, trying to get it down in a paper trail that are we now saying that you know, White House meetings and military aid are conditioned on um, investigations? To which he said, call me. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and he says, look, based on the call we had, I think it's crazy to withhold military aid in exchange for political you know investigations and your political enemies or whatever he says and that's when there was a five-hour gap and sondland came back and said uh, you're mischaracterizing what president trump's position is there is no quid pro quo blah 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 like robot mm-hmm. thing turns out during that five-hour period sondland called trump i'm shocked yeah color <laughs> me shocked
1: i don't know where i heard it today um possibly npr but someone was saying that the text messages are like when you're, I don't know, texting with like a drug dealer, and they're like, did you mean Coca-Cola? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, help, help you out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what you meant.
0: <laughs> <coughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's the text that's the vocal version of call me in text yeah (laughs) Um, a source also says that while the trump administration is saying they're blocking sundland because they question the authenticity of impeachment they think they're they they also think that there are extremely explosive additional text messages from sundland all these text messages took place in whatsapp on private devices and there have been hints at multiple times now from multiple sources that there are additional extremely explosive text messages from Sondland and uh, I I, we haven't gotten to the story yet um, but around midnight Monday night the White House and the State Department decided not to let Sondland testify and Sondland's been scheduled for over a week now he's the ambassador to the EU he's the guy who donated a million dollars to Trump's inaugural Um, like I said he's the guy in the text messages um, that were released by the House I didn't think he would have been a cooperative witness anyhow, and I hope he goes to prison, but the deposition was voluntary. And apparently at the very last minute, they, the State Department and the White House, midnight 30 uh, last night, decided we're not going to let him testify. And that is really telling. Like, it's been, it's been scheduled for a week. Did, were you trying to come up with something and were unable to, or did you find out more recently kind of when we heard rumors about it that there are these really really explosive text messages you didn't want him to have to plead the fifth like what like what was it about that you know midnight decision to not allow him to come and testify Yeah, why
1: not say it earlier yeah that was going to be but it could have been to keep them on their toes you know Mm -hmm. Uh, who knows um but apparently Sondland was like, I, I really wanted to testify. Oh, bullshit. I know. That's what he said. <laughs> maybe. Uh, he was like, genuinely, I did. I came all the way from Brussels. I really wanted to do this. definitely I'm Lewandowski. Sure. Uh, gross.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just said with the most amount of sarcasm ever. Um, I, I wonder if maybe it's that they were expecting a subpoena. So they were. This is giving them a lot of credit that they don't deserve. But maybe they were like, let's just wait till they officially issue a subpoena. And then we'll like officially, you know, say no. But I don't know. Well, that they didn't already have a subpoena drawn up for this guy. I'll never know. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: get your fucking ducks in a row, you guys. Right. Yeah.
2: It seemed like it was the natural next step. And it and it was
0: because the, this was a voluntary deposition until now, because subpoenas now have been issued by the House <laughs> Intelligence <Yeah>. Committee <laughs> to compel Sondland to testify. I think Trump will continue to argue that the House really is not in an official impeachment inquiry. Uh, and I wrote that two hours ago. And since then, a letter has come out from Trump to uh, the the committee, saying that that is what their argument is. It's not a real impeachment because it's not from the impeachment region of France. Um, but they haven't had a full House vote on impeachment because you know we haven't had a full House bo- vote yeah. on a, on an impeachment resolution, though that is not required by the Constitution. And that's exactly what the House Counsel Doug Letter is arguing or argued Tuesday in court in another matter involving the Mueller grand jury materials. So before we get to that, um, I want to talk a little bit about. Um, th- this impeachment resolution vote not being required. Uh, we have done it in two impeachments in, in our country. We did a, a, a formal House vote on a resolution. And the reason I think that um, Nancy Pelosi does not want to do the vote here isn't because she's worried about uh, Democrats in purple or red districts or anything like that. The problem here is, first of all, it's not required by the Constitution. It says nowhere in the Constitution you have to have a, a House vote to do a resolution to set up an impeachment inquiry. You just have to declare it. The House has an inherent powers to do that. There, it comes from the Constitution directly. There's not even a, you know, go to Part B and see what it says there. It's just directly in there. Uh, but the thing is, is that in previous um, impeachments, when the minority voted uh, for an impeachment resolution, they put rules in there that gave the minority subpoena power along with the majority. And they voted on that and that was fine. But in this particular instance, if we vote on a resolution and the Republicans want subpoena power during the impeachment inquiry and the Dems say no because it'll just be a bunch of this Rudy Giuliani Mm -hmm. Uh, bullshit. Nunes, can you imagine the subpoenas he would issue? Jim Ugh. Jordan, you know, bringing in their witnesses and a bunch of BS to to basically uh, witnesses against Joe Biden, uh, shit like that. And so the Dems would say no, and then the Republicans would be able to say, oh, so this is partisan. You don't want to be fair. You want this to be one sided, et cetera, et cetera. So to avoid that conflict and that trying to put rules together with this piece of shit Republican uh, caucus. I think Pelosi should just say, no, we're in an impeachment inquiry, and that's being argued in court. And so that's what I was about to get into. Um, Remember after Mueller testified, shortly after Mueller testified, Nadler petitioned the court for the Mueller grand jury materials. Uh, And for the first time, they invoked full Article One powers of impeachment in that filing. That's when I thought an impeachment inquiry began, Mm -hmm. but not everybody got on, on the train with me at that time. But in that case, Trump also argued, and uh, and the DOJ filed an amicus brief helping him out, that impeachment wasn't real because they didn't have a floor vote. So that ruling about whether or not we're in an impeachment inquiry will tie directly to the subpoenas in the Ukraine case because Trump and the Department of Justice are presenting the same argument now. Um, The hearing for the grand jury materials Uh, was presided over by Judge Beryl Howe. And she began by pressing the Department of Justice to say whether any of the 13 Mueller requests for material from foreign governments, including grand jury material, meaning 13 foreign governments asked for grand jury material from the Mueller investigation. And she was wondering, uh, had any of them been given, and if they're blocking Congress from getting the information, uh, had they already given that to foreign governments? God. The Department of Justice did not have an answer. that, but said they would get back to her Friday. The Department of Justice then argued that the House needs to show some degree of formality on impeachment, and the judge agreed that a vote would make life much easier, but short of that, she asked the Department of Justice, what degree of formality are we talking about here? I'm paraphrasing. And the Department of Justice said they aren't advocating a specific line. Judge Howell then said, "Uh, based on SCOTUS precedent, uh, I owe enormous deference to how the House decides it is an impeachment proceeding. The Department of Justice then pivoted and says that if the House wants grand jury materials, it could change the law, somehow insinuating the Dems would need to shit all over grand jury secrecy to get what they need to investigate an impeachment, Uh, a totally wild and idiotic argument. And at that point, um, the hearing turned to Nixon Watergate precedent. Leading Judge Howe to ask the Department of Justice lawyer whether whether they thought, uh, and her name is Shapiro, that the then U.S. District Court Chief Judge Sirica was wrong to give the grand jury materials on Watergate, the Watergate roadmap to Congress. And the Department of Justice lawyer actually said it's impossible to say. And that under today's rules, what they did in 1974 was wrong. So they're now arguing precedent in the nixon watergate case Hmm. it was wrong for the court to give the grand jury materials to congress the judge actually replied wow okay Uh -uh. (laughs) she actually and i'm not paraphrasing she went wow okay uh as i said the department is taking an extraordinary position in this case she and because she's mentioned she already mentioned that earlier and once the department of justice was done the judge said she would issue an order later tuesday with all the materials she'll require the department of justice to submit to the court um, and then when Doug Letter presented some information about Trump's different comments on McGahn, the judge actually interjected, I can't keep up with the, what the president says, to be honest. Um, letter assured the judge that Pelosi was on board with his position, uh, that we are in a full impeachment in the position of the House. So this looks really bad for Trump. Uh, and letter had told the judge that this impeachment inquiry could go far beyond the Ukraine situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, into election interference and obstruction. And I think what they're getting at here is, and and we've talked about this before, is in that, in the Mueller report, in that Mueller report, remember that Mueller report? Uh, (laughs) In that thing, that little old thing, there is a mention of uh, whether or not Trump was aware uh, or had been kept apprised of WikiLeaks dumps. And then there's this whole redacted bit um, around Stone and Manafort. Uh, For grand jury material. And that's what they need because they are saying that that right there, that redacted bit proves that Trump lied to Mueller in his written questions that he had no idea about the WikiLeaks dumps Mm -hmm. and that and and that um, also that, that he participated or was at least aware of election interference. And now when you have the evidence of the the Oval Office meeting with Lavrov and Kislyak that he was aware. Of the interference, if you have that grand jury material, you could prove in, in an impeachment inquiry that 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 he was aware of that and that he lied to to Robert Mueller in that uh, in that uh, investigation. And Mueller wouldn't have been able to indict him, nor would he have been able to show that because it's grand jury material. Nor mm-hmm. would he have even been able to say Trump lied to me, because that could you know jeopardize future prosecutions once he leaves office it could taint juries
2: Hmm. i feel
0: like he would have mentioned something about it though he did though when he said there was a lot that he wasn't able to get a lot of people didn't fully answer questions yeah yeah that's true um and so he he hinted at it without if if this is in case if this is you know in fact real which i think it is put some beans on it like
1: you said muller loose in the jar yeah you know and like one more impeachable thing that's becoming clearer but uh, will they include this in their impeachment inquiry, or will they focus on Ukraine? It's hard to say.
0: Well, yeah, but Doug Letter, who said to the judge today yeah. in the Mueller grand jury materials case, this could that the the impeachment inquiry could go way beyond Ukraine,
1: right? But I'm wondering, will Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff take that up as part of their? and he also said that yep.
0: Pelosi was on board
1: with everything oh, he sorry. was saying. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. I missed so, that part. Yeah. Yeah, no,
0: I was just about yeah. to tie all those three things together. Gotcha. So you were like, but are they tied together? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes Gotcha. They are. Absolutely. <laughs> and so this to me indicates that the impeachment inquiry is going to broaden to include election interference 2020 mm-hmm. and 2016. It could include Trump lied because there were discussions about is, if the president lies is that an impeachable offense? That came up. And 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 then the Ukraine stuff, Ukraine. Um, issue and and that whole <laughs> ball of wax, and and we had talked about this too. Like, yes, focus on Ukraine. There will be subsets.
2: Obstruction will be in there, and that could include the Mueller obstruction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff too could just fall to things that happen when he's out of the presidency and is actually just being treated as a straight-up criminal.
0: Yeah, yeah. And breaking around lunch today, we learned that Dems could consider obstruction of justice and interference with elections. As along with Ukraine. Um, The letter said, I can't emphasize enough, it's not just Ukraine. Uh, Not the letter, Doug letter Mm -hmm. said, I can't emphasize (laughs) enough, it's not just Ukraine, and Pelosi's on board. Um, So I think it's a good idea to expand the impeachment beyond the simple Ukraine issue. Um, The letter also insinuated, like I said, Trump could be lying, and that's an impeachable offense. If you want to get these big ones in here, I think that that's okay. Uh, I think focusing on Ukraine is going to be the public focus but these are also other articles of impeachment that you would want to include that the senate would have to vote against
1: mm-hmm. yeah i like what you said there it makes sense to stick to kind of one narrative publicly because it overwhelms people so including all of this in your talking points when you're on the news trying to convince the public to get on your side maybe not such a good idea but obviously privately they have to go after all of yeah. these things and you could also say publicly very simply we mm-hmm. also now
0: have evidence trump mm-hmm. lied to Mueller.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I think also though it, it's it's kind of like maybe a question of is it a Al Capone and tax evasion sort of thing? How we approach impeachment, or does it necessarily need to be something that's all encompassing? Yeah. I would say yes for our own history's you know record. Basically, mm-hmm. but you that's have to remember too; they're completely leaving out emoluments. Yeah.
0: Uh, which is an impeachable offense. They're completely leaving out stuff like the p- pressuring the postmaster general, all the other abuses yeah. of power, moving the FBI building, uh, and and then deciding not to, uh, because you want you don't want a hotel to be built there that uh, um, is in competition with with you know the DC downtown Trump hotel. There's a million things that you could throw in here as impeachable offenses. Yeah. But I think keeping an
2: indicted co-conspirator
0: in a Cohen hush money payment case. But just to say obstructed justice, which includes the obstruction of Congress and the obstruction of justice in the Mueller probe, interfering Mm -hmm. in elections, which includes 2020 Ukraine. And oh, also here. Uh, He was aware of the Russia WikiLeaks stuff and then lying, Mm -hmm. lying under investigation. That is actually a felony. Mm -hmm. And if that can be proven, that's really big, because because yeah,
1: significant cause
0: under impeachment, you don't have to have a felony under mm-hmm. criminal federal law. It just has to be a high crime and misdemeanor, which is determined by what Congress says a high crime and misdemeanor is, like abuse of power, for example. Uh, but if you actually break federal criminal law as mm-hmm. a president, and that is how Nixon went down. There were, I think, uh, a certain amount in that that roadmap that was released from the grand jury materials from the nixon watergate thing yeah there were counts of felony crimes in there and when those were presented to the to the senate and the senate went we're not going to support you anymore that's when he was forced to resign
2: mm-hmm. yeah well would the senate do that <laughs> i was
0: just going to say that like yeah. that's the question I if guess- you show them proof and there is proof yeah the president lied yeah to, to criminal investigators I don't see how you could get around it, especially right. if it's not just about a blowjob.
2: Right. But they're, <laughs> they're whataboutists, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we see how they act in all of these hearings. We know exactly the flute that they toot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you spell that
2: F-L-O-O-T?
1: Uh, capitalism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to say, right? Because. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the flute that they do. <laughs> I was. Did you guys know I was a flute player for a really long oh time? Oh my gosh! I was. Yeah, that I did know so that because sense. I yeah, told you my flautist joke. Yeah, remember? I. I'm really jealous that Lizzo's made it cool. I wish oh, I, I would have never. Was a flutist? Oh hell yes, she is. Go, oh yeah, she was. Go man, to YouTube yeah. and look up Lizzo flute. She's like cool. amazing, That's and she like cool. twerks while she flutes. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wish that I. I, I thought still Ron played... Burgundy made it cool personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That was more jazz flute. Totally, yeah true, yeah. true, The twerking is a new addition.
1: Yeah, yeah. the twerking. I'd like to see Ron
2: Burkini twerking. I'm, I'm gl- I would not, I'm glad he did not. <laughs> no, honestly. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't want to see that. No,
0: thank you. <laughs> the cowbell <Sorry>. was enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to see Will Ferrell twerk, yeah, actually. The pelvic thrust. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to see any man and, over the age of 50 twerking, to be honest. And the Half shirt.
1: Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So oh yeah, I love Lizzo so much. So good. If anyone wants to give me a ticket to the San Diego show, just hit me up. Okay. Let me know. Hey,
0: now you're using our platform for personal. <laughs> a piece <gain>. of power. Impeach <laughs> <laughs> Mandy. Impeach Mandy. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll be right back with more headlines.
2: After these messages, we'll be right back.
0: Given our broken health care system as dismantled by this administration and all the anxiety and gaslighting coming out of the White House, it's critical that we have fast access to quality, affordable mental health care. And the solution is BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp offers licensed counselors who are specialized in a wide range of issues such as depression, anxiety, stress and relationships, family issues uh, that you can connect with from the comfort of your own home in a secure and confidential online environment. One of the biggest barriers to care is access, which includes long wait times for major insurers, uh, the ability to travel or drive to the provider. Then you have to park and wait and probably pay to park. Uh, It can cause you more stress and anxiety. But now you can get assistance on your own time in the comfort of your own home by scheduling secure video or phone sessions. Or you can even chat or text with your professional counselor from anywhere. And it makes it extremely convenient. Another obstacle to care in America is price, but BetterHelp is truly an affordable option, and for Daily Beans listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month with discount code Daily Beans. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp.com slash Just fill out the questionnaire, assess your personal needs, and you'll get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's BetterHelp.com slash All right, welcome back. Today, the Supreme Court heard arguments on many historic cases that would impact millions of LGBTQ plus Americans. And that issue is the reach of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1974. And the justices must decide if workplace discrimination laws encompass gender identity. And Amanda, I know you're following these, this case closely. So what, yeah, what, yeah. Are, you, what are you learning?
1: Yeah. So the court was actually hearing three cases today, two of which were argued together. um, And uh, two of the cases were regarding gay men who were fired um, for their sexual orientation. And the other case was um, uh, regarding a transgender woman who is a funeral director who was fired after she came out to her employer with the decision that she would now live as a woman. So that was Amy Stevens. Correct. Yeah. I just want to read you a tiny excerpt here from the SCOTUS blog. Um, so Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 bars sexual discrimination because of sex. And this morning in a packed courtroom, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments on whether Title VII protects gay, lesbian and transgender employees. Um, Currently, less than half the country um, has uh, uh, bars discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, So there's a lot of people who aren't protected right now. So this is a really significant ruling. That's right.
0: 22 states explicitly ban discrimination on the basis of gender identity. But like you said, that that leaves the majority. Mm -hmm. Um unprotected.
1: That's right. And it's And one in
0: six trans people have had the had, had this happen to them. Uh, I'm specifically talking about yeah. the Amy Stevens case now. Mm-hmm. One in six um yeah. has and had this happen to them. It's
1: almost a more consequential ruling than the twenty fifteen decision to allow same-sex couples to marry, which, by the way, granted me the ability to live with my American wife. Um, we got engaged a year after that was um, uh, passed by the Supreme Court, so it's very recent, um, and and very personal. To very you. personal, <laughs> very personal. Yeah, um, and uh, not every gay person wants to get married, just like not every straight person wants to get married. But almost all LGBT people are going to seek employment at some point in their lives. So this is a huge, huge ruling. And um, what's really interesting is uh, amendments uh, have been made to Title VII before. In 1989, there was a case um, that was argued that a woman, um, you know, it was uh, she was being denied promotion within her company because she was too masculine presenting. And she was specifically told by her employers, uh, I think uh, uh, Waterhouse Cooper is the financial organization, that she was didn't wear enough makeup, didn't wear enough jewelry, wow. and the Supreme Court ruled in her favor. So, you know, there's some precedent for adjustments to Title VII. Right, right. And, yeah. and, and, and this concept of like... I am
2: not saying these are the same thing, but in that case, it's your your presentation of gender norms, really. Exactly. So it's, how is that different?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So
2: it's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess, other than your specific identity. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 I only meant to delineate the two from like one. I guess you could say it's more of a choice to like wear makeup versus living in your comfortable, you know, trans, beautiful self. Yeah. 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 I guess how we present is up to us. Totally. Correct.
0: And
1: regardless the of the main point, identity, identity. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it may surprise you that the likely swing vote on these cases is going to be Neil Gorsuch, um, which I find because it basically the reason that he uh, has come out after today's arguments as the probable swing vote in in favor of these rights is because he considers himself a textualist, a textualist, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he likes to have very literal readings of the text inform his decision mm-hmm. rather than feelings. <laughs> and um it says in title 7 that you cannot be discriminated against based on sex. And the uh lawyers for the White House, but it also says or other considerations, doesn't right. it? Um I have to go over the exact wording again. There's
0: something there's some tag on the mm-hmm. end there that that would fall under, I w- right. I think. Is is kind of why he's like swing voting.
1: Well, also there was an argument made um I believe by um Justice Kagan, or it could have been the lawyer for uh, uh, Amy Stevens. But um, anyway, essentially it was saying... Or no, it wasn't for Amy Stevens. It was actually for the other case, the gay men, saying, um, in this case, it is sex discrimination because if a woman was having a relationship with a man, she would not be fired from her job. But if a man was having a relationship with another man he would then be fired from mm. his job. Mm-hmm. And so sexual orientation and sex can't necessarily be divided here because they're re- It's, it's a, it's related. There's a, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's pretty divided at the moment, um, with, uh, with both the white house and the conservative judges, um, you know, citing on the, uh, the side of religious liberty and saying that the, you know, title seven doesn't include sexual orientation, that it's different. And the liberal justices and the lawyers for the employees arguing otherwise. So, uh, kind of uh, seems to be hinging on the opinion of uh, Neil Gorsuch. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. And, and... <sighs>
0: Gorsuch.
2: You bringing up textualism. I was listening to a podcast. I was talking about that exact thing and saying that typically if he was to be consistent with how he tends to interpret the Constitution, he should be against or at least in favor of that providing those mm-hmm. protections. Yeah. So now everybody's kind of like looking to him, right, to see if he's yeah. going to be a, a man of his word. A consistent yeah, justice. Mm -hmm.
1: Also, to bring it back to the people who are actually arguing this case, I was reading a little bit more about them. Um, I think that gets lost sometimes when we're talking about these cases become so legal and wordy. But um, Amy Stevens, uh, her story really struck me. She was a funeral director and she had been for her entire life. And I watched an interview with her where she said, I had known I was different from the age of five years old. I hid who I was for my entire life. It made me so miserable that I stood outside my backyard one night with a gun to my chest for an hour and thought, I'm going to end my life. I can't bear to be not who I am anymore. And I think I'm too old and I missed my moment. And I can't, I, there's there's no opportunity for me to be who I really am. And so I just want to end it all. And she decided to write a letter to her employer the next morning saying that she would now live as a woman. She obviously didn't pull the trigger. And that's when she was fired. Wow. After, um, you know. Strong. Yeah.
2: Um, and now she's going through all of this right now, yeah. which is
1: just triggering over and over and over again. Absolutely. Really warm, wonderful, giving woman. And um, one of the gay men who was fired was a, I think you work with special needs children. So really wonderful people who are just trying to give back to their communities who are, you know, being denied equal protection <coughs> under the law. Mm-hmm. For being themselves. For being themselves. And so, yeah, this affects um, all LGBTQ Americans. And so we will be paying attention to it. Yeah.
0: And this is the first time... In the Supreme Court that um, the words transgender and cisgender have appeared. Yeah. So it's 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 huge. Historical. That is historical.
1: You know, one more point on this, too. Um, I noticed that a lot of the conservative judges were bringing in things not related to the case when it came to the issue of being transgender. They were bringing up bathrooms and workplace dress codes and um, and, you know, the attorneys for. Uh, for the transgender woman we're like, this is not relevant. Like, these are other things that you're probably going to have to rule on at some point but this is not actually relevant to the case that we're talking about. Also, Neil Gorsuch said he was basically saying he, he agreed with the text but also said that it would cause massive social upheaval. And I'm here to tell you that trans people do their jobs well and use the bathroom and exist and there hasn't <laughs> been a massive um, social upheaval yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I disagreed with him on that. Yeah, and ask... Um,
0: General Mattis about that. He did six white papers on how allowing transgender people to serve openly in the military would affect morale uh, and attitudes and uh, everything. And he found that in the military, it there was no little to no impact for mm-hmm. that. So that to, to assume that there would be an upheaval, if you want studies done by a conservative general uh, in one of the most conservative groups of people in the world to see how that it, it, it would not cause an upheaval, I, I, I hope he reads those General Mattis white papers. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the upheaval argument is tailoring to the bigot or catering to the bigots, right? Mm-hmm. It's like placating the people who are intolerant. So that yes. can't be a basis for yeah. decisions that we make on the Supreme Court is how the honestly kind of like scummy people of
1: society are going to react to things. Right. Yeah. Do we know when SCOTUS is going to rule on these? I don't. Um. Uh, I'm not sure, but but we'll find out and we'll continue the discussion
0: okay sounds good when we find that out we'll let you know
1: all right thank you for that that was really awesome awesome. really good reporting thank you
0: you and nina totenberg making making waves (laughs) (laughs) uh breaking a little later in the day on tuesday we learned from the new york times that one white house official referred to the ukraine call on july 25th as crazy and frightening this is coming from the original whistleblower Uh, who apparently memorialized what others had told him in a memo, two-page memo. So when the whistleblower, was OG whistleblower, was, was speaking to half a dozen or so White House officials, he wrote down his thoughts, or she wrote down her thoughts, about about it, including that one of the people they spoke to seemed visibly shaken and completely lacking in substance related to national security, was something else that this person said about the call. The whistleblower wrote the memo one day after the call, and as we learned earlier in the day, there was already a sense of concern that the call was well outside the bounds of traditional diplomacy. This memo—that was the whole hair on fire thing. This memo, according to the New York Times, provided a rare glimpse into at least one of the communications with White with the White House official that helped prompt the formal complaint. The ICIG Atkinson gave the two-page memo to Congress last week, so that was came from the ICIG is probably something to help corroborate um, the actual complaint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that there are some folks in the IC who are like, "Well, I'm glad that they left the feelings part." out of the whistleblower complaint. The whistleblower complaint was well-written. It, it was, here's the fact, here's the fact, here's the fact, here's the end. And instead of, they looked visibly shaken and scared and frightening and crazy, you know, those are the kind of words that don't mm-hmm. belong in a whistleblower complaint. Right. But it's just an interesting sort of uh, piece to have on the side, uh, that that these were memorialized while, as Mueller would put it, while facts were fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, Very interesting. And then, of course, that whole thing was shoved, was was transcripted and shoved into that system uh, and karmically, awesomely into a system that you can't touch without leaving your fingerprints all over it. So I just love that. Mm -hmm. And the White House did send uh, an official letter to Nancy Pelosi, eight page temper tantrum uh, with no Mm -hmm. legal Anything saying that the White House will not cooperate with the illegitimate impeachment inquiry. Uh, this is a bold move after their lame arguments in court today and the Mueller grand jury materials hearing, which I think Beryl Howell will side on the, you know, against the Department of Justice and Trump on that. And as we've said, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you must have a full House vote on impeachment. Um, and and that's just what we've done the last few times Last couple of times So again I don't think she should have that vote I don't even think she should open it up So that the, the Republicans can try to make their own rules in mm-hmm. there And then cry foul when they don't get their way uh, Just keep going Just keep going
2: Yeah, I think that that could also account maybe for the lack of the full House vote, too, is just how quickly moving this has been and how much it's changed from something that was not a formal impeachment inquiry into something that was kind of vaguely an impeachment inquiry. And then just like a bullet directly into all of these frantic investigations because so much shit is coming out. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't even know how they'd have... I know they could make the time, but it's almost like I don't even know how they'd have the time to have a full House vote. Everything, like you said, is going so fast.
0: Yeah. And so here's my beans on what I think is going to happen. They're not going to have a vote. Beryl Howell is going to find that this is an impeachment inquiry. Uh, And then I would like to see what how Trump responds. Uh, Because if a a court, a federal court says maybe he'll sue uh, to try to, you know, resolve whether or not it's a, it's a it's a real impeachment inquiry I mean mm-hmm. all they can do now is delay and attack
2: they can appeal I don't know hmm.
0: uh, I I assume they can appeal in this grand jury material mm-hmm. materials case yeah. yeah yeah but yeah at this point like you, we're gonna get to somewhere where somebody's gonna say this is an impeachment inquiry and he's still what's he gonna do then mm-hmm.
1: yeah what what's
2: the next step? Well, there's all of, like, the the consequences that that precedent would have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what we were just talking about, there's so many, there's there's a couple other instances where they're using that as their reason, so I imagine, in all of those cases, if a precedent is set like that, then the judge will, I imagine, rule in a certain way, based off of that precedent, probably, right, AJ? Yeah, yep. And then, at that point, if they can appeal, I'm sure mm-hmm. they will appeal, because time, right now, and stalling, mm-hmm. is their only tactic, essentially.
1: yeah sorry go ahead
2: Uh, I was gonna say the appropriations committee can withhold salaries
0: Um, I'm not sure why Yovanovich hasn't resigned although they haven't blocked I'm guessing with this letter they're blocking Yovanovich's Friday Mm -hmm. testimony but it it wasn't I I, I have to look to read to see if it was specifically addressed but she should resign Um, that sucks uh, but you know if she wants to be able to testify without this weird it's not a real impeachment Mm -hmm. argument but once that Judge Beryl Howe decision comes down, and I don't know when it'll come down, but they have till Friday to file all their shit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to imagine that they didn't use this defense for Lewandowski. Yeah. Right.
0: But then you can also um, th- the Congress does have something called inherent contempt. It hasn't been used in a really long time where you're supposed to be able to jail somebody until they talk. Usually that that, since the 1930s, that goes through the courts now, but that has to be approved by the attorney general, who is Bill Barr, who's not going to approve this kind of shit. Uh, Just like Eric Holder, when Eric Holder was held in criminal contempt, the Department of Justice under Eric Holder didn't proceed with criminal contempt charges. Mm -hmm. But if you use inherent contempt, which hasn't been used in forever, you don't necessarily have to have the sergeant at arms take them down to the basement cell or whatever. You can just fine them. Uh, from my understanding so I I would prefer if they if they issued these subpoenas the decision comes down that Mm -hmm. this is an impeachment and if then they're still obstructing obviously obstruction is going to be that's going to be a charge uh, uh, an article of impeachment and then I would fine these guys until until they talk honestly and and then maybe have appropriations take their salaries away from the State Department
2: yeah sounds good to me (laughs) we've got options
0: (laughs) burn it Barnet. Uh, all right, too much brave heart. We will be right back. <laughs> Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Ultra CEO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, which sounds like the coolest job in the world by the way, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants, so he switched to ziprecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your position. So get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply to his job. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first 24 hours. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes? Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. D-A-I-L-Y-B-E-A-N-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Okay, okay. Welcome back. Since... Since Trump announced he was pulling troops from northern Syria, many Republicans, including the likes of Lindsey Graham Crackers and McConnell himself, have come out against it. We have learned that Trump made the move after a call with Erdogan without consulting his chiefs of staff or his national security team or the Pentagon. Um, And we're also hearing now that Turkey has begun attacking Kurdish forces in the region. They're all set up, ready to go. But this this seemed to be the line that Republicans wouldn't cross. And that now includes Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson is an ultra right wing televangelist, old as pat robertson <laughs> uh he hosts the 700 club i'm like how do i not offend people <laughs> he's well, a cable old... news church thing he's as old as he is yeah 700 yeah. club abc family oh god uh used to come on right before seventh heaven um I, i've heard uh, anyway the 700 club uh and he once called donald trump god's man for the job but after the syrian withdrawal he is saying he came he's like Fuck no, bro, but in a very Christian way. He says, Trump is a d- is in danger of losing the mandate of heaven. Monday on his show, he rebuked the White House uh, and and their announcement that they were leaving Syria and will stand by and allow Turkey to invade and potentially destroy our Kurdish allies in the region. So Robertson says he was absolutely appalled that the United States is going to betray the Kurds. He also mentioned the murder of Khashoggi, who was killed in Turkey at the behest of Mohammed bin Salman. And that's what I think this is about, too, not just Putin, but but. Khashoggi's murder uh, at least one of the things anyhow uh, because remember when we heard these rumors that there were audio tapes and videotapes of, of the dismemberment of Khashoggi and then that sort of just disappeared but our CIA had made with high confidence the determination that uh, MBS had ordered it and and um, everyone seems to forget that Trump threatened to pull troops out of Syria last December everyone flipped out then as well uh, but he changed his mind. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. that's because there were adults in the room at the time. But he's fr- he's now he's free. Now that he's gotten rid of everybody, he's free to do this. Um, though Jordan brought up a good point that he could just be lighting a fire so he can put it out and seem heroic. But Robertson said, quote, The president, who allowed Khashoggi to be cut to pieces without any repercussions whatsoever, is now allowing the Christians and Kurds to be massacred by the Turks. And I believe, and I want to say this with great solemnity, the president of the United States is in danger of losing the mandate of heaven if he permits this to happen. So that, Oh, shit. So that's the line for evangelicals, Those though. are
2: fighting words.
0: Nothing Damn. else he's done so far would keep him out of heaven. He's apparently. saying
2: he's going to hell? Uh
0: or just not heaven. <laughs> Losing the mandate of heaven. So maybe not as harsh. Yeah, maybe not going Damn. to hell, but more
2: like heaven's no longer down with your policies, bro. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's hardcore for, yeah. for someone like him to say.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if this is like at the beginning of a crack in his evangelical support. I mean, he still has yeah, up so. Jr. and the pool boy. <clears throat> I mean, pool person. But like, you know, could this be the beginning of the end? Could the evangelical stuff? Because right. Pat Robertson 700 Club, a lot of Huge. Mo- mofos watch that shit. A yeah. lot of evangelicals watch that.
1: It's true. And that's a good point. However, their main issue is abortion. Uh-huh. That's their top issue. And so if it's, if it's between a Democrat and Trump.
2: Yeah, but you, you know can I mean? still get another Republican candidate and mm. that's the that's the thing that they just that Their they closed holding primary for so many states though. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's so there true. is no other option. Trump is
1: the not like he's three the or four. appointed nominee. Yeah, but still no, no, I mean, if I you just get mean enough people on...
0: watching Seven Hundred Club mm-hmm. who, right who have another option to vote for on the on the Republican ballot, he could lose votes. Yeah,
1: I more so right.
2: I more true. so just mean it is that is a possibility. Like it's not like they have to believe this or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't have to continue to choose trump and his ridiculously hypocritical to everything that they believe fundamentally as morally righteous i don't mean to say that in like a you know throw in shade way but like maybe we'll have republicans writing in on their ballots and his polling is down his support Mm -hmm. uh, with republicans is
0: down um, Mm -hmm. in a new poll that came out in washington post and we'll get to that uh in c block but um another thing that happened today and this is Hilarious. Lindsey Graham Cracker said Tuesday he's willing to invite Trump's personal lawyer Nosferatu, um, (laughs) Kalludi Rudy, to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senate Judiciary Committee about Ukraine. In a statement on Twitter, Graham said, I will offer Mr. Giuliani the opportunity to come before the Senate Judiciary Committee to inform the committee of his concerns. And this really pisses me off after all the kangaroo court comments floated by Republicans today. Really? Like Rudy Giuliani, the Senate Judiciary Committee. You want to hear from the guy that printed a bunch of conspiracy theories off the internet, stuffed them in Trump hotel folders, put them in an envelope and wrote Department of State on the front in calligraphy, then had the State Department Inspector General call an urgent meeting with seven House, Sen- house and Senate committees to brief them on this bullshit. This is the guy you want to testify. Uh, but the impeachment inquiry is a kangaroo court over in the House. And milkshake Matt Gates called Adam Schiff Captain Kangaroo, by the way. Does he think captains are judges or
2: that Captain Kangaroo presides over a kangaroo court? Yeah. Or that Captain Kangaroo isn't the most adorable nickname. <laughs>
1: and, yeah, am I missing the context here? Like, am I? Is there is there some sort of uh, maybe co- th- reference th- reference that I'm not understanding in terms of the kangaroo thing?
0: Well, maybe he thinks the term kangaroo court comes from Captain Kangaroo. But for everyone under forty in the room, Captain Kangaroo was the host of a children's show.
2: Oh, oh. I
0: did not know that. I did not either.
1: <laughs>
0: he was rad. Okay. Uh, a kangaroo court is a charade of a judicial hearing. The origins are unclear. On the etymology of the phrase cap- uh, "kangaroo court." But it may have come from the gold rush days uh, about hastily carried out court proceedings regarding claim jumpers. Mm. But either way, having Giuliani testify is a tactic to get the corruption disinformation out uh, and try to take the focus off Trump and put it back on Biden uh, using an honored institution to do
2: it. It's fucking disgusting. But yeah, Captain Kangaroo, national treasure. Hmm. Oh, God. Well, this is just more evidence, right, that if it's on their terms, they're willing to talk, but that's it. That's the only way that they're willing to talk is if they're going to send in one of their own people to be an asshole and try to direct the conversation in a certain way and also to just get... He's gonna get his freaking ass eaten out in a good way by the GOP. There, <laughs> I like how you had to put it in a good way. Cause some yeah. people would be like, "That sounds terrible." Yeah. No. Well, I mean, ass eating is hot right now, I guess. So <laughs> there's t-shirts out there that literally yeah. say "Millennials eat ass." It, yeah, I guess it's true. it's true. It's the new version of kissing ass. I guess that's what that's where I was going with this. Is is for it'll be such a great display for Trump's base to see the Republicans
1: just freaking kissing his ass. Question. Um, the Senate Judiciary, sorry, the Senate Judiciary Committee is that only Republicans on it? No,
0: no, okay. just led. Yeah, all the committees are bipartisan. Okay, mm-hmm. but since the Senate is controlled by the by the Republicans, mm-hmm. the Republicans chair all the committees in the Senate.
1: Mm-hmm. Will Democrats have an opportunity to ask questions to Giuliani yeah, then? Yeah, okay. Kamala Harris. Yeah, okay, mm, some yes,
0: really good nice. Democrats will have have the opportunity to
1: do that. Oh
2: fuck yeah, Kamala's yeah. the best.
1: I know, she's oh my God, so Kamala versus Giuliani. Yeah.
0: I think AOC is on the judiciary as well.
1: Yes. I love her.
0: Uh, I'm going to check. Can you check to see um, real time here if Kamala is on the judiciary committee? I could be confusing her with the she, intelligence committee, but I think she's on the judiciary committee. She
2: is because she was questioning Kavanaugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um,
0: Jordan. Yes. <clears throat> we have um some interesting shit that went down with our... Uh, I guess you could call her the Secretary of Education, mm-hmm. uh, but I would call her the Secretary of Uneducation. Betsy DeVos. This is we, and this is Eric Prince's sister, mm-hmm. right? And she's a like a pro private school, pro privatization of everything, make money off of education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make money off of education,
2: and really f- to favor good education for uh, people with money. Yes. So, she's in trouble, and before I go into exactly how she's in trouble, I'm just going to give a quick background to this whole story, and it is the case of Corinthian colleges. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast before, right? So, Corinthian colleges, if you don't know uh, who they are, I didn't know who they were until I saw this headline. I had to do research into everything, but basically, they're a for-profit educational in quotes institution that was essentially shut down effectively in multiple countries, because they were in the United States and Canada, for deceptive advertising and other fraudulent acts. That's according to Wikipedia. So, they were accused of false and predatory advertising, intentional misrepresentations to students, securities fraud, and unlawful use of military seals and advertisements. Is Giuliani on there? <laughs> so Yeah, they went hard after veterans with their GI bills. Yeah, so basically... They get shut down effectively. They like, have to, like, file for bankruptcy because they, they're just getting, like, slammed in the courts. So fast forward to today when a federal judge uh, pretty much lost her shit on the education department and effectively Betsy DeVos because they are still – they have been – trying to collect debt from students that went to Corinthian colleges and they she mandated that they or ordered that they stop doing that because they're a fraudulent institution it's considered fraudulent back then they were supposed to stop doing it yes they were supposed to stop and they found out that they have not stopped and they not only have they not stopped but they have been like levying money out of people's tax refunds and their wages so they're saying that it was an error and that it was their loan companies like the the uh supplier that they were using to do all of this administrative work basically uh they're saying it's their fault and but they accepted a responsibility. The education department accepted a responsibility and said it was their responsibility to make sure that that did not happen. And the fact that it did happen is very bad. And that they've learned a lot. Blah blah blah. But she, but oh, they learned a lot in the education yes. department. That's cool. But the judge, who is a uh, U.S. magistrate judge, Sally Kim, she's really upset. She she said that she was extremely disturbed and really astounded. Uh, that that the Department and Betsy DeVos were collecting these student loans, and the the her order came in May two thousand and eighteen actually so two thousand and fifteen is like effectively when all of those colleges kind of stopped operating. Um, and filed for bankruptcy. I'm pretty sure was that date, but in 2018, if May, she's like 100% stopped this. And she said there have to be some consequences for v- the violation of my order 16,000 times, which is a reference to the number oh of God. borrowers. Yeah, that's a reference to the number of borrowers whose loans um, the department took in last month. I'll uh, take
0: I'll take a month for every time they did that of Betsy DeVos in jail
2: yeah yeah it's freaking crazy and she did kind of threaten them with jail a little bit she basically was like I'm not I'm not going to send you to jail but you just need to know that the spectrum of the things that I can do to you guys and will do to you because like I said previously she said this can't go unpunished ranges from sanctions to potentially holding them in contempt and it's it's just really inexcusable there there are people who were erroneously getting these messages saying they still owed money and they voluntarily gave their money too because it's just, it's so messed up and it's it's like hard to believe that there was that big of an oversight on such a huge case. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: With such, you know, optics. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. That it went all the way up to the U.S. Department of Education. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the judge said, um, it's good to know I have that ability in mm-hmm. terms of sending people to sending jail. Them to I was jail, like, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she also, the, the case has been more or less stayed um, in a the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals since July 2018, pretty much. But today, after learning all this, she's going to put stop the pause on the case and she wants it to move forward full force. Good. Mm -hmm.
0: Betsy DeVos. Ugh. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for that reporting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yikes. Uh, To think about how many people had their wages garnished or uh, veterans who had their taxes withheld or had their GI bills you know mm-hmm. rated mm-hmm. Oh, that's horrible yeah
2: and so now they're issuing refunds right but it's like that process takes forever and stuff too so yeah and they probably are gonna the burden of paperwork and and it would probably be on the people mm-hmm. who
0: were disenfranchised it it hard for you. Mm-hmm. Betsy
1: DeVos looks like the Pilates version of Dolores Umbridge
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I mean
2: <laughs> oh, that's funny <laughs> yeah
0: alright well um Maybe we'll have some better news after the break. We'll be right back. (laughs) As you can imagine, I travel a lot, and that can make it really difficult to get my workouts in. That's until I got the Les Mills On Demand app, so I can continue my training right in my hotel room or wherever I'm at, at my house or you know wherever I'm at on the road. And it's been a lifesaver for my mental well-being and my overall wellness. The app has over 800 workouts for all levels and all fitness goals, brought to you by over 140,000 certified trainers in 20,000 clubs across 110 countries. It's, it's massive. They have workouts ranging from 15 minutes to 55 minutes. And right now they're providing our listeners a 21-day free trial of their fitness app. So you can kickstart your health plan or keep it going when it's less than convenient to leave your house or your hotel room. And they have such a wide variety of workouts from yoga to strength training, martial arts, they have dance, they even have mind body wellness uh, classes. So you can get your de-stress on which I love. And that's, you know, we have a 21 day free trial, you know, check it out for you know, the treat yourself hashtag self care. Personally, I do high intensity interval training. uh, And there's so many options for that that I always have something new to try and new workouts are added each week to keep things fresh. It's just a really user-friendly app. And I love the online global fitness community and private Facebook group because those keep me motivated and positive. It's just good to share what you're doing with others, at least for me, although that's not everybody's bag. I absolutely love the support. It's really an incredible app. And right now for our listeners, we have a special offer from Les Mills on demand where you can get 21 days of free access to their fitness app. So don't wait and go to trylesmills.com dailybeans. That's T-R-Y-L-E-S-M-I-L-L-S dot com slash dailybeans to get this a special offer. Again, that's trylesmills.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, I do have better news. Uh, I was right. These are the Washington Post polls that came out today, uh, Tuesday, on impeachment. And they do not bode well for Trump. The poll finds that by a margin of 58% to 38%, Americans say the House was correct to open an impeachment inquiry. 49% say they should be, that he should be impeached. 49%. Uh, Republicans wanting an impeachment inquiry have also increased to nearly 33 percent of Republicans now agree with an impeachment inquiry. Uh, And one fifth of Republicans say they favor actual impeachment. And when I'm saying actual impeachment here, I mean impeachment vote articles in the House, not removal from the Senate. So, yeah, that number of republic 33 percent of Republicans wanting um, an impeachment inquiry. Uh, And so Republicans are wavering now, it seems. Uh, But probably the most important number is the independents. While 8 in 10 Democrats think Trump should be impeached, uh, 57% of independents now support the impeachment inquiry, with a stunning 49% saying he should be impeached. Um, Since the poll in July, support for an inquiry rose 25 points among Democrats, 21 points among Republicans, and 20 points among independents. Wow. That's really astounding at this point in the inquiry. That's pretty consistent, too. The botched release of the Mueller report orchestrated by Bill Barr only saw an uptick of one or two points. And here we are, 20 up for independents 25 up for Democrats 21 up for Republicans so you know even even though the public is not seeing these televised hearings that we're calling for the journalists reporting on Ukraine seem to be moving the needle significantly I believe Trump at that probably that release of those text messages Mm -hmm. didn't do many favors either I believe Trump will be impeached in the house by the end of the year we put some beans on it I'm saying it right now Um, and we're launching into never before seen territory with an election year coming up after an impeachment Uh, And we'll see how this affects the election and whether it bolsters Trump's base or motivates Democrats and independents. Republicans are seemingly shifting from the Ukraine call wasn't wrong to the Ukraine call was wrong, but it doesn't justify impeachment, saying instead we should let the election decide. That's kind of what their new rallying cry is going to be. And that'd be nice if we could trust the election process. Um, We'll see how well that message is received by the public in the face of this polling. Mm
2: -hmm. In the first poll, when you said, I think, 49 percent of is it ever, like general Everyone, ever, yeah. of, of adults gen- normal people all people um <clears throat> are in favor of impeachment that's not with a nuanced understanding of what impeach specifically re- means in the house right versus that's more like the cl- colloquial term of impeach just like getting him out of office well they did say they did differentiate between an impeachment inquiry and
0: impeachment in the house and removal in the senate oh cool part of the same poll right oh good okay cool they didn't give us the numbers on removal from the Senate but they they did make the distinction that impeachment in the House got it not trial in the Senate got it and there are uh, maybe a lot of folks who don't know what that means yeah. but 58% of Americans support an impeachment inquiry right mm-hmm. now and that's massive mhm i don't think i don't think it's ever been that high for impeachment
2: for anyone yeah well i mean just again this concept of the totality of evidence is is just Honestly, burdensome at this point. <laughs> it's like it is. That's why they're kind of. It's so heavy. It's like a tr- cement tab on your chest. Try to trim it down a little.
0: Mm-hmm. uh The white the White House has now reached out to impeachment lawyers. One of them being Trey Gowdy, and we first thought Trey Trey Gowdy turned him down, but apparently Trey Gowdy has joined the Trump impeachment team.
2: Oh shit!
0: Yeah, somebody's like I, I wonder, did not
2: see that. What his
0: hair looks like these days? I haven't heard from him in a while. Um, and in Beans Come True today, uh, Gabriel Sherman in Vanity Fair says Trump's favorite punching bag Mitt Romney is reaching out now to fellow Republicans to raise the temperature on impeachment. And that's according to a Mitt mit confidant. Uh, the article in Vanity Fair, which you should read, begins by telling us that while there's no flood of GOP rats, jump, rats jumping ship yet, it's clear that there's a drift, starting with Trump's approval rating, which has dropped four points among Republicans in the last two weeks from 91% to 87%. Damn. Then there's the Fox News firewall that's cracking with Fucker Carlson saying Trump's actions with <laughs> regards to Ukraine were indefensible and Andrew Napolitano, Judge Andrew Napolitano, calling it criminal and impeachable behavior. Mm-hmm. And behind the scenes, Fox board member Paul Ryan told Fox Corp CEO Lachlan Murdoch to cut ties with Trump. Mm-hmm. Then in the Senate, we have Susan Collins, Ben Sass, and more speaking out against the Ukraine stuff. But apparently Mitt Romney is emerging as the standard bearer on the right. He's getting calls from people saying he should primary Trump in the 2020 election. But according to sources, Romney is dead set against running for president because he believes he he has far more power as a senator who will decide Trump's fate in the impeachment trial. And in recent days, Romney has been reaching out privately to key players in the Republican resistance. Uh, and <laughs> and that Romney is the pressure point for the impeachment process. So white horse prophecy, boom, boom. Yeah, he's reaching out, taking the temperature of fellow Republicans in the Senate.
2: Yeah, he's taking the whip responsibility onto
0: himself. Yeah, impeachment whip. Yeah, and in case you're wondering what I mean by white horse prophecy, uh, in 2017, I think we had determined that if. Trump was going to be impeached and then removed in the Senate. Romney would need nine other votes or something like that in the Senate. And we called it the Romney Nine. And then an ex-Mormon had reached out to us and said, this is so funny. There's an old defunct urban Mormon legend called the White Horse Prophecy that at some point in America, the Constitution and democracy would be hanging by a thread and a savior, Mormon savior would ride out of Utah from the West on a white horse to Washington and save democracy and I'm like oh my God wouldn't it be funny if that were Romney fulfilling his little white horse prophecy coming to D.C. trying to get enough senators to vote to remove and convict the president after he's impeached in the house which Mm -hmm. he will be mark my words Mm mm-hmm
2: yeah, that'd be amazing. I did read on Wikipedia that some fundamentalists still believe in the White Horse prophecy.
0: Some do, some do. Most yeah. most um of, of our Mormon listeners and ex Mormon listeners are like, nah, it's old, it's defunct, yeah. and, and 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 they want me to they want to make sure that I tell everybody that it's not mm-hmm. you know accepted by the church any longer. But oh my god, if the our first beans ever yeah. were on the Romney nine and now it's the Romney twenty, obviously, but uh
2: the White Horse prophecy, that would be batshit crazy yeah i take pleasure in mormons deciding to distance themselves from the white horse prophecy because that's too crazy (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're like this crosses a line let's go get our planets
1: this is (laughs) (laughs) just i'm just kidding i love you all (laughs) this is all well and good um and um, obviously i'm happy that mitt romney is trying to help save democracy i'm not saying anyone get your hopes up on anything i can't Please I,
0: don't, please don't at me and say you're so dumb. We'll never do that. I know it's probably <laughs> it's probably it's a hundred percent super
1: space beans. Yeah. <laughs> um. It, today in the car, I was listening to yet I don't even know which one. Another old white guy, some old Republican, being like deeply troubling, deep deeply troubling, and I just I felt like my head was gonna pop off. <laughs> like Same I just was deeply like troubling steam coming over out of my ears. I was just like I just on the side can't of my face. Take it anymore. <laughs> breaths. <laughs> so. Yep. That's where I'm at yeah. today, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. you're like,
2: um, deeply illegal. Yeah. Uh, De- impeachable. Terribly troubling. Mm-hmm. Impeachable. <sighs> oh, man. I want Richard Painter to definitely provide commentary when this all goes down. In the Senate especially. I know. I want him to talk about
0: impeachment. Mm-hmm. He's so great. <laughs> what a cool dude. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Um yeah, cool. Thanks for hanging in. It was a long show. We had a lot of news to get to. I appreciate that. Uh, anybody
2: have any final thoughts? Um not really i mean revel in this moment a little bit allow yourself to revel kind of i think in Mm. in yeah it's it's sometimes i feel crazy but currently i feel like we just have a front row seat to his imminent downfall and it feels incredibly historical yeah yeah it is right and to witness all these heroes that are stepping up too and doing the right thing too Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I wanted to mention. If are, are you finished? I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, need to from, cut you yeah. off.
0: Uh, my final thought. I wanted to reiterate because it, it seem it seemingly was like trying. if Somebody was worried that I was trying to say that unless you follow the whistleblower process, you're not legit. And I I, I just want to go on record as saying I think that the whistleblower laws should change so that you know contractors and people who go to the press and everything there should be other protections for whistleblowers. I support our first Daily Beans premiere episode was with uh, Reality Winner's mom. I support her, even though she didn't follow the whistleblower pot, you know process. She should be protected. Chelsea Manning is another one. Mm-hmm. I don't think Assange falls into that category. Um, I can't tell you legally why. Uh, I just hate his fucking face. But I don't think he should be charged with espionage for what he's done, because I think that puts First Amendment at, at, at risk. Um, and then, of course, Ellsberg, one of the greatest whistleblowers of all time, was not technically a whistleblower. First of all, the whistleblower protections weren't in place at that point and he went to the press so even if they were he wouldn't have had whistleblower protection uh, I just want to make sure everybody knows that me saying that they don't have legitimate whistleblower status under the law doesn't mean I don't think they're legitimate awesome people does that mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. okay because I think that they are and I think that they're heroes um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about Snowden
1: yeah honestly I don't know enough about every detail of his case same um, watch the movie about him it's really great and he's done some really great interviews recently um, that's all I'll say on that but cool. I do,
0: I do th- appreciate him wanting to warn us about the government overstepping their boundaries to surveil citizens Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that that's important mm-hmm. um, but you know if you want to have legal whistleblower status under the law you have to follow the whistleblower steps I do think those should be changed and strengthened and to include more people and to encompass more people so I just want to get that out there
1: yeah totally can I use your podcast for personal gain, A.G.? Okay. Um, <laughs> what I would really like, so not a final thought so much as, uh, so much a, as a request. To ticket to Lizzo? Oh, well, A, to ticket to Lizzo, but B, um, I would really like people to tweet pictures of your dogs to at Daily Beans Pod, uh, please. yes. I feel like that would make me feel extremely happy. That's, that's what not I, that's personal gain because we all we win. We all win. We yeah. all win.
2: So, <laughs> the world wins. No
1: real reason. Just cheer me up. Send me some dogs. Yeah, at Daily Beans Pod. Yeah.
0: And if you follow us, you are automatically entered to win lunch with me and our network CEO. We'll fly to you. As long as you're not really far away. Yeah, totally. Lower 48. Um, but th- like I said, there'll be exceptions. Sometimes you can get great plane tickets to Europe. I don't know. We'll f- We'll see. But free to enter just by following and dogs dog photos for <laughs> real i'll be retweeting
1: my favorites which means i'll be retweeting them all <laughs> <laughs> daily
0: Beans pod it's hard to pick a favorite dog all dogs, dogs are, are good there. dogs good boys and good girls mm. i have a good pod dog girl
2: mm-hmm.
1: she's a little spazzy Olive. maybe she's- i need to post more pictures of pod dog on our on our Patreon feed do it hell yeah she
0: does a lot of good lewds with nip nops showing that's kind of her favorite thing right now she likes to (laughs) slobber she's she's not so drooly but she definitely gives mouth hugs (laughs) if you have a German Shepherd you know what I'm talking about alright that's our show again thank you so much thank you for your your support we've gotten so so many hundreds of emails with just kind words and incredible things and we really really appreciate it Um, we really do love you guys so please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet I've been AG, I've a Jordan Coburn. I'm a
1: Manny Reader. And them's the Beans.
0: The Daily Beans is produced by AG, featuring Jalisa Johnson and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberger Valencia fact checking and research by ag Jalisa johnson and jordan coburn with executive assistance by amanda reader our music is written and performed by they might be giants our web design and branding are by Joel reader with moxie design studios and our website is dailybeanspod.com